And then all of a sudden, out in the distance, you see the ship. More on this in this episode of Stationed with Stories. Station with Stories. That's it. All right. You are listening to Stationed with Stories. I am your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. And before we get started, let me just tell y'all that these are all my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts. And they do not represent or reflect the positions, opinions, or views of the U.S. Armed Forces in any way. All right, y'all, let's get into the episode. I am, once again, listen, excited to see y'all. Hi, peeps. And of course, right, shout out to those who have been with me from the beginning, those who have been with the podcast for a little while. Y'all are always welcome. And to those who are new to the podcast, you are in the right place. This is Station with Stories, and we're going to get into the book that I read this past week. And the book I read this past week is called When the Emperor Was Divine. It's by Julie Atsuka. And it came out a while ago. Now, the way I heard about this book was through a book club. At the end of the book club, they asked, you know, what do you think about this book? This is a book club that read The Japanese Lover. And I reviewed that a couple of weeks ago. And so at the end, they asked us what we thought about the book, obviously, after all this discussion, just thumbs up, thumbs down type of question. And then if we read anything in the last couple of weeks, month, that was really good. And someone said that they read this book and they really enjoyed it. And I thought to myself, you know what? Let's let's do it. I definitely love when I have recommendations. So I jumped right up on it. And like I said, even though it came out a while ago, I think just because of the subject matter of Japanese internment in the U.S. and then also with Isabel Allende's book, The Japanese Lover, there's also some information and there's also a character who gets interned in that book, right? I think that's why this book came up at the end of that conversation. So let me give you my three words, mundane, demanding, cutting, so mundane, this book, and I mean this not in a negative way, this this book is about, the subject matter is about the mundane, okay? And, and I would also say it's about the mundane, the everyday, the quiet moments, the quietness of life that can be all important in extreme situations. And so you start off with, this woman character. And I I love how the author never gave the family members, the main family members names. There are plenty of names in the book of other characters, but the main characters never get names. They are nameless people, nameless Japanese people who are Americans and will go through this journey. So I, I loved that mundane quality is very quiet you are seeing a close up of a day of a woman walking through her day and trying to handle matters, handle her home affairs before she's sent off to some place that she doesn't know, you know, and she doesn't know where it will be. So there, there's a mundane, it's quiet, it's mundane, it's everyday life. And 
And for that reason, I would say a lot of reviews I saw, and I usually don't do too much reading of reviews. I usually don't use any additional um, writers and readers' thoughts about the books before I review them myself. But I did see that the book was, by a lot of people, termed sparse. And I think that goes into the same vein of discussion, that mundane, the quiet, the everyday life, but amplified because of the circumstances that they're under. The second word is demanding and is demanding on the reader because it is so quiet and the slice of life that you get to see from this family is so spare. You you are demanded <laughs> to fill in the blanks, right? You are demanded, right? The, the text demands that you Think deeply about what's happening, things that are not written on the page or even things that are insinuated on the page. You as a reader, has you have to fill in the blanks. So it's demanding on the reader. And obviously, we're talking about a time in history that we don't talk about very often. How often did you talk about Japanese internment in the U.S.? If you grew up in the U.S. and you went through U.S. schools, not much, right? I remember learning about it a little. Maybe I was in middle school. Maybe I touched upon it in right a paragraph in elementary school. I can't really remember. But I also grew up in a state that had an internment camp, and that's in Arkansas. At least one internment camp was in Arkansas. So, I mean, the history I've learned since growing up and investigating history for myself. But yeah, it's very demanding. The book is definitely demanding in terms of you have to fill in the blanks because there's not a lot on the page in terms of details, but what you do have on the page is very poignant. So there's that. And then cutting. The last word is cutting. It's cutting. It's a cutting critique. It's quiet. It's mundane. It's everyday life. It demands that the reader fills in many blanks, but it's cutting. It's a cutting critique in a very quiet, dare I say, gentle way, but but poignant. It very much requires that we reflect on ourselves and on our history. It's quite a short book. I actually listened to it. Because y'all know, (laughs) I like to listen to my books. That is honestly one of the reasons that I am able to get through so many books. It's just because, y'all, I'm always at the gym or I'm driving or I'm cooking or doing things around the house. And so I'm moving around a lot. And it's just easier for me to listen to a book. And so I listened to it. I think it was only three plus hours. So that's quite short. If you know audiobooks, that's a very, very short book. But it is very direct. Like I said, it's mundane in terms of the life, the slices of life that you see are very quiet, everyday type of moments, right? It's demanding on the reader and it's a cutting critique of that time in our history where the U.S. government interned people of Japanese origin and uh, essentially tore lives apart. So there it is. The book is called When the Emperor Was Divine. It is by Julie Otsuka. It came out in 2008 
Pick it up if you so choose. All right, y'all, moving on to the topic of the day. Listen here. So if you were here with me last week, you know that I gave you all the pre-homecoming stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you have to do to prepare for your loved one to come home, right? It's you are the vacation, right? They are coming home to you. You are the main attraction, right? Your home, you know, wherever you're living, that is the main domicile. That is the Airbnb, the hotel, right? You are getting all of that ready, okay? Let me just talk to y'all about this whole homecoming. Okay, so I have never been to a homecoming celebration with the military, Never, okay? And I, I think I hinted to this or or I mentioned it before, but my husband has been on short deployments while we've been married. And we have been married for over two years, coming up on three years this summer, okay? So like I tell y'all, mm-hmm, I don't know these things. These things are all new to me. So I was very excited to be part of a homecoming. Now, let me tell you, the moments, the the week, two weeks before, I was wondering what it was going to be all about, okay? And there's a couple of spouses that I, we were like asking questions and trying to figure out who was planning what, what was going to be officially done. And there was a lot of darkness, listen, a lot of darkness for us on the spouse side. Maybe there's some people who had the real no and they were in the loop, but uh, that was not anyone that I talked to, Okay. The base did his thing and the families came and did their thing. Okay. So there were a lot of questions. There were a lot of questions <laughs> in my mind, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to show up. I'm going to have my little signs and we're going to have a good time. Okay. And a good time was had by me. Let me tell y'all. So, first of all, they told us, you know, they gave us an official, they're going to be coming in this day. This is the program of events. And that's when I knew it was going to be official. Okay, and y'all know if you if you've been with me from the beginning, you know I like orientations. You know I like structure. I'd like to know the information, share information. So listen, somebody sends to me a list of the things that are going to happen. Write the itinerary, the schedule of events. I am all for that. Okay, I am all over it. So I'm loving it. Right, I am loving all the information I am finally getting about this here homecoming. And so they tell you where to park. So I knew where to park. And they said they're going to have a shuttle between the parking lot and where the ship was coming in, right? The slip where they're coming in. So I'm thinking, great. Okay. You know, I make sure that I'm already what I'm going to wear, y'all. I had, and it was on the 17th of March, right? So that was St. Patrick's Day. Okay. So, you know, I had my green on. Mm-hmm. Now, if you said that's cheese, well, let it be cheese. Then I love cheese. Okay. So I had my green on. I had some boots on, some booties though. Nothing too high because I didn't know what it was going to be like, how long I was going to have to be standing, all of that. Right. So I wanted to be comfortable, but y'all know I was going to be cute. So I came out with my green and all of that good stuff, my signs. And, you know, the shuttle was there when it said it was going to be there. I was, I got there early slash on time. He got on the shuttle. I'm excited. I'm handing out signs to people on the bus. I'm like, you need a sign. You need a sign. Because a group of us, we did signs. And I talked about that last week. Okay. 
So I had a lot of the extra signs. I'm handing out signs. I'm excited. I'm seeing people I know. We're like snapping photos. We're really excited. And y'all, we get up on, right, the slip, we get up on the little pier area. And they had plenty of little tents, little, you know, chamber of commerce type bank. And of course, lots of one-base information and resources available there. And they all had their little giveaways, y'all, just free stuff. And when I saw the free snacks, I said, okay, yes, these peanut M&Ms, mm-hmm. Is it, who, who, got, who, who had to pay for this? Oh, no, I don't have to pay for this? Oh, it's free? Say less, say less, y'all. And so it was just lovely. And I wasn't sure at first because I didn't want to act up out there. Now, usually if this had nothing to do with my husband, I would have been asked questions like, okay, is this free? Now, what else What else can I get here? Mm-hmm. But I want to be a little bit more restrained, right? This is the military. You want to be dignified. And so I came with my full dignified self and I looked around to see whether these things are free, but look, it was all free. So I, I, let me tell you, I had plenty of treats and they even gave me treat bags. I said, yes, yes, we can put some more stuff in this treat bag, y'all. So I had, I had the best of time. The other piece of the homecoming and probably one of my favorite pieces outside of just the actual ship coming in was that they had the Navy band and y'all, I love me some music. I do. I love live music and the band was getting it they were getting it they had it going I was jamming to the band and you know just my dignified self Uh I didn't get down to dance like I like to dance dance but I did you know do my two-step and had a great time listening to the Navy band and y'all let me just tell you another piece of this whole homecoming was the emotion okay so much emotion It was electric. It was electric. The air, the excitement. It was so fun. And just to see all the other families there, there were there were obviously children there and, you know, spouses and significant others. There were also parents there. It was lovely. Siblings were there. It was lovely. I really, really did enjoy it. And the emotions were high. We were all so excited to to just welcome the ship back, okay? And in this case, it wasn't welcoming them back. It was welcoming them for the first time to this new port that they would now call home, okay? So the emotions were high and I was not expecting to be emotional. I didn't cry, okay? But I was not expecting to be just so giddy and like emotional. I was like, oh my gosh, my spouse is coming back. My husband's gonna be here soon. That was wild. And then obviously seeing the ship come in from afar, you know, we were all out there on the pier and the band is playing and we're eating snacks and they had cupcakes. They had all kinds of little things, treats for families and people were talking to one another and just catching up. And then all of a sudden out in the distance, you see the ship and we're pointing and we're like, there it is. There it is. Here it comes. And, you know, obviously, you know, it's out in the distance. It looks small and then it's looming larger and larger. And you're just looking and everybody's kind of walking t- in the direction of like the ship. Like, so like further down the pier and we're looking, we're like, there it is. There it is. That was so much fun, y'all. It was, there was so much emotion. Let me just tell y'all, I had a great 
just great sense of awe of the ceremony of it, of the pomp and circumstance, even right next to, on the other side of the, the pier of this little slip was another ship that is docked there. And the sailors from that ship all came out and stood out on the decks so that we could see them. And they looked so dignified as they stood and waited for this ship to come in. And that was just lovely. And so finally the ship is is closed and you can see the sailors, our sailors out on the ship and they're standing and they look great. And it, should, it was just so amazing, y'all. So I had my signs and I told you that I would tell you what my signs said. So I had three signs, y'all. I had one sign that was a big one and I had another smaller sign. These are all on posters that was front and back, okay? So my big sign I mapped it out with pencil and then I did my marker and then I tried, y'all, I tried so hard to get the glitter stick to act right, but it was just not, it was just not acting right. Okay. So the glitter did its own thing, but the sign said, I tried to think of a cute sign, but all I could think of is your cute face or more or less like that. Okay. So that was my big sign. It had glitter all over it. And it had his initials around the edges. And that was my big sign, okay? And then I had my front and back sign. My one sign, one side of the sign, it said, welcome weps. And so my husband is currently the weapons officer on his ship. So they call him weps, okay? We can talk about abbreviations and that kind of thing another episode, okay? But that's what they call him, okay? So I had welcome weps, and that's more of a, a, an official right, title for him, official, non-official, right? And then on the other side, I wrote, my man is H-I-M, him, okay? So it's just my man is him, but like capital letters, H-I-M, okay? And it's kind of an inside joke, kind of a thing that is in vogue now, I think particularly with athletes and guys in general, just being him, being that guy. I wrote that because I knew he was going to love it. I knew he was going to enjoy seeing that sign. My man is him. So <laughs> he he loved the signs. He really did enjoy them, y'all. And I had the distinct pleasure with a couple other ladies to also make the local newspaper. Y'all, they were people, random strangers, all types of people wanted me to take a picture with my sign, particularly the big sign, the glitter sign, okay? And so listen, when the, I think it's the Everett Herald, yeah, the Everett Herald, when they came over and the reporter came and asked some questions and asked a friend some questions and they were lingering around, the boat got there, the, well, the ship got there, right? And and they were taking pictures, I said, yeah, I need some pictures, of us, you know, you, you've already done the done the interview. Do you need some pictures to go with it? Listen, we are available. <laughs> and we took pictures and they put it on their website. And so that was super cool. Y'all, you know, it got me to thinking about so many th different things. There's so many firsts after a homecoming. It's like, what is our first dinner going to be? What are we going to do in terms of an outing first? 
what show might we watch first? Like we had all little first. And it was even funny. Like I was talking to a friend and she said, you know what? I've already told him to not touch the thermostat. <laughs> so it got me to think, what will be your first argument after they get home? You know, it's all the good stuff. Homecoming, it was a momentous occasion. I'm so glad that I had the experience. It was a lot of fun. It was a beautiful day on top of that. Once again, we are in the Pacific Northwest. We are north of Seattle and it rains most days. So to have a day with no rain and not only no rain, but it was sunshiny and bright. It was beautiful. And so, yeah, that was amazing. All right, y'all. We are going to transition to the last portion of the podcast. I have another flash fiction story for you, and it is called Memories of Grandpop. There used to be an oak grove in this area. Tall, greedy trees with arms stretching out to the sun. I used to love coming up to the oak grove on Saturday mornings just before sunrise. Grandpa would usher me and my cousins into his rusty pickup truck to gather wood and hunt rabbits and deer and squirrels with BB guns our mamas pretended not to know about. Joe was the littlest of the pack of cousins. The runt but he always managed to bring home his kill too. Grandpop expected nothing less. Out in the oak grove, Grandpop taught us how to start a fire and make a lean-to. He taught us how to identify paw prints and make a splint. All six of his grandchildren were eager for those Saturdays right before sunrise to learn survival, to learn life skills, to learn the ways of Grandpop. This oak grove used to be the place where we'd play hide and seek when we weren't hunting or foraging or learning survival skills. The place where we took Polaroid photos of mundane moments that felt so spectacular to us. Just grandkids of our Grandpop horseplaying and having fun. Now we return to this place with our own kids. This place with no more oak trees, no more wood to gather, no more game to hunt, but we come here still. Every year we gather in honor of Grandpop to see the sunrise. All right, y'all, that is it for this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed talking about homecoming. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed talking about homecoming and, of course, the book and the flash fiction, y'all. I always really enjoy being with y'all. So if you have not checked out the website, go to stationedwithstories.com. I am there. Stationed underscore story is where you can find me on Instagram. Definitely, if you have not reviewed the podcast, wherever you are listening, review the podcast, okay? Let the people know how much you love the podcast and give it all the stars, okay? All of them, okay? So I will be back next week, Station with Stories. This is your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. Bye, peeps.